Welcome to episode two of the Cuz I Have To podcast. I'm Julie Slater. I co-host this program with Jason Friday. And this week we have our first guest, Jason's bandmate, Robin August. They're in the band Rival Tides. Robin is also a writer, director, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, everybody. How do you feel about being our first guest? You're like, um, what is that, Manifest Destiny? Where it's like everything that you've done in your life has led you to the one yeah, moment. that's exactly. And this is the moment. Days like this remind me. So we want to talk about the whole point of our podcast, because I have to, is living your dream, living your dharma, and like things that, that you won't give up on because you just have to pursue them. So you're in a band with Jason. Rival Tides. I am? I'm in a band with him? Yeah, I know. It doesn't... Uh, well, I don't know. Are you guys Because of the pandemic. Bad? Yeah, well, because of the pandemic, it feels like, are we a band are anymore? We, are we still a band? Yeah, I don't know about so, that one. I mean, there's still some t-shirts, so I think that means still in I would. Band. I mean, I would definitely say we were a band. We yeah. were a band. But are we a band? Maybe. What's your favorite Rival Tides? I'll ask Robin. Sorry, Jason. They're Sorry. both in the band together. Yeah. What's your favorite? What song means the most to you that we could play a clip from? Um, the one I think the one that stands out for me that I really I felt like the first song that I really kind of felt proud of making, and it was pretty personal. And I think it's still like there's a lot of people that uh, are fans that kind of see, not secretly, but they it's got like a kind of a, a a little bit of a following, but it's not like one of our biggest songs was Oceans. It's like the people that like that song, like love that song. Um, Why is it your favorite? Because I think that was the first song that I really kind of got really personal. Like I really kind of went there as like far as like my emotions, and also I just kind of I felt like it was probably some of the strongest writing I had done in 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 the band. What's the song about? I mean, it's about love. I think a lot of the things I write, especially in my films and stuff, it's very goes back to like my childhood, the things I was like taught or I learned or I was just you know that 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 age where you're kind of just trying to figure out why you're here and like what is all this you don't really think about it at the time but like later on in your life it feels like two life times ago and then you and you, those little things you remember but you kind of you, you almost like feel it more vividly it's like the lessons you learned or like just how to be a good person or you know, the things that your mom and dad instilled in you that maybe at the time you were like, oh, whatever, you know, and now you're older and like, wow, thank God <laughs> I had good parents, you know? Yeah. So the, to me, the song is kind of like an all-encompassing, I guess, like look into a slice of life, look into like growing up and becoming a man or woman and, and just kind of learning how to navigate the world as like an adult. And it's also kind of melancholy in a, in a way because you kind of miss, like it's gone, like you can't be a kid again. And so it's kind of sad as well. It's like exciting and it's sad. So I, I like the songs that I felt like it had a lot, a really good balance of, it, it felt like sadness, but also joy kind of mixed together, which I try to do in most of my stuff. Because yeah. I think that's life, you know, it's the, the yin and the yang. It must be pretty cool though to have a song that resonates with people. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think, funny enough, I think that song, I was like, I think, I was like, man, I think I'm stepping on my game. I like this, the way I wrote, you know, and it's, it's not like a huge, you know, uh, poem of a song. It, it's, it's pretty simple, but the lyrically, I think I, I really crafted it the best that I had done uh, to, to portray what I was trying to say. And I knew that it was, I was onto something because I think uh, Caleb was in our band at the time, like really, like, and it's hard, it was hard to get him to, he'd be like, yeah, cool, whatever. <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Like we might write a song, like yeah, cool, whatever, let's just play. It. Yeah. And uh, that was the one where he was like, I think he even like posted something on MySpace. He's just like MySpace. Yeah, like it was like MySpace was the big thing at the time, or maybe it was Facebook. Uh, but he posted like the lyrics, like he was just like so stoked, like it, I, he really liked the song, and I was just like, oh. You cracked Caleb. Yeah, I cracked yeah. Caleb. Well, you, what like you said, it you did pinpoint it pretty lyrically wise. Yeah. It was pretty badass. But I mean, even as being like. One of the writers of the of the song writing, not maybe the not music. the lyrics, but the music part of it. It's so big and explosive, and like, and even that was emotional. And then you add Robin's lyrics on, and you're like, what? This is amazing. Yeah, and I also, <laughs> in a weird way too, I also think like the next one would be My Insomnia, as far as like yeah. personal for me. And I almost kind of feel like My Insomnia was like a like a chapter two to yeah. Oceans or something. One, I totally agree with yeah. that. Pretty emotional for me, but also part of the song was like about like you know my best my best friend's Mike. You know, like I have uh, two best friends I grew up with, um, my my really good friend Mike, and then later on my other friend Josh, who I haven't seen in man years. It was like a little bit about that and growing up and growing apart because they we kind of fell apart and or moved away. And um, luckily Mike and I are, are friends again. We, we reconnected, but Where yeah, did it's you grow up? a lovely little uh, town called Lompoc. <laughs> um, <laughs> We have an Air Force base and a prison. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. You can, uh, but now, you can skydive there. They really, they really up the tourism. Uh, wine and skydiving is, is the big thing there now. When so, did you leave Lapo? It's 2000. Or, or, I guess, right before 2000. And like did you, I think Jason told me that you moved here to pursue acting? Originally, because it was, a, it, it's so weird. Like, as a kid, in my head, would see like films and I would be like, I want to do that. And I think I just did not understand how it was made. And it's funny because I listen to a lot of film podcasts and most filmmakers say the same thing. They're like, I even had like a, I think I listened to one recently where the guy was like, Jurassic Park was the moment that he, and he, he said at the end of it, the credits came on. He's like, who's Steven Spielberg? He's like, that's the guy that made this. He's like, someone made this? You know, it's like, it's like you don't even understand how it's made. And so in my head, all, as a kid, all you see is you see the actors and you think in your head, the actors are what tell the story, which, you know, they are definitely tell part of the story, but you don't understand yeah. like the whole encompassing, like all the, I mean, even the water department is telling a story, you know, like everyone's adding in this thing to create this like thing that shouldn't exist, yeah. <laughs> like this, this collaborative art piece. And, uh. In my head, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. And I think it was also a little bit of like, you know, any kid just like wanting to get attention. So I was like, I'll be an actor. And, and then I came out here to, to pursue that. Uh, and in the meantime, when I was a kid, I, I, I stole my dad's camera and I, I, I already was a director. I was already doing stuff, but in my head, I didn't realize like that's what I would do. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm an actor. I'm just getting myself on camera. So when I came out here and you sit in these like rooms, these cattle calls, and then you're reading this like 
terrible script, you know, and I'm like a, you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy, and I'm sitting in a room with like 20 other blonde-haired, blue-eyed guys reading this god-awful script, yeah. and I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, why, why am I doing this? And I, I think that's when I realized, like, I could write a better script than this. Ooh, maybe I should start doing my own stuff. And luckily, the world kind of started changing in that sense, too, where people were actually, you know, cameras got cheaper and YouTube started existing, and like, you know, it kind of was a perfect time for me to transition because, because now like you had more tools more and opportunities, yeah, to, yeah, to, to right. do that stuff. And I think some people uh, that might have not have done what I did to come out here, they might have missed the boat of like not doing their own stuff, and they're still going to these cattle calls, and they're like wondering, like you know, just waiting for that moment to hit big. And it's like, dude, just write your own thing, get a camera, like get some friends, shoot it yourself. It seems like a lot of actors get fed up with because you have to keep waiting for someone to accept you to be a part of their project. Yeah. So then they just say, I'm just going to write my own, my friend Jamie. Oh my same. God, yeah, exactly. And, or, you know, like a lot of the, you know, the famous actors now or people in like, you know, you know, A-list, let's say, or even B, have like a good opportunity because of their name to like pick the roles that they want. They really get to like go, I want to do this. As an actor trying to struggle make it, you have to play what you get. And some of it's fucking terrible. Yeah. And so that isn't really a good, yeah, it's kind of like winning the lotto. You know, you have to, you have to have the talent, you have to have the drive, but then you have to also like, the director or the writer has to be good if, to, for you to shine and all come together and be like, wow, you know? Like I think of like Mark Ruffalo in that movie with, uh, uh, I forgot what it was called. It was, like, it was like the first time he went up for like an Academy. He was like a Best Supporting Actor. It was called like, um, who was it? It was uh, Laura Linney. Um, and that was, like, oh. nobody knew who he was. Oh. Right, right, yeah, nobody right. knew who he was. He was like a bartender before. Hi, it's the voice in your head. The answer is, you can count on me. But he right. did this one small movie, and it just happened to be a great script with a great, you know, acting ensemble, and he brought his A-game, and then he became Mark Ruffalo, man. Right. Like, everybody was pursuing him after that, and no one knew who he was before. And so that, that to me, is like... It's just a right mix of everything. It's like the talent, the luck, a good script, uh, uh, you know, quality direct, like everybody coming together to make magic, and, and it's like winning a lot of. Right. It really is. <laughs> no, I know. And you see, like you're saying, it's from the director to the wardrobe assistant, even. Yeah. That creates the chemistry of the movie, like everybody. Oh, totally. Yeah. But but I mean, it, they they could have hired someone else that came in, and even if it was a good actor, could have not done as good of a job in that role. Yeah. yeah, he was just perfect for that role. Dude, Back to the Future, perfect example. Yeah. The original guy was not, in fact, Michael J. Fox. Yeah, no, it was a uh, um, redhead uh, from Oh, yeah. uh, Stoltz, uh, yeah. Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they actually they even have uh, footage. Yeah, you see on YouTube because they like, filmed it, they but filmed they had it, to yeah. refilm it. When well, they they, got they filmed it and they got to a certain point, they're like, "This isn't working." This and they had to like <laughs> reshoot the whole movie. Recap. I feel so bad for Eric Stoltz. I know. And he's fine now, obviously. No, obviously. He's, and he's a, that's the thing. And they were even saying that, and like, if you watch the interviews about that, they're like, he's an amazing actor. He's yeah. so good. Yeah. But he just wasn't Magic that role. Yeah. He just wasn't McFly. Like, he wasn't no, him. Right. And, you know, Jay Fox was. Fox, man, yeah. He was, jeez. Now, you just wrote and directed and produced, like, your own movie. What is it called? Yeah, Party With Me is the name of the film. We saw it. It's amazing. We it are is. featured extras. You are. It and is. your voice actor as well. Both. Oh, oh yes. that's right. That's right. Wow. Voice actors and actors. 
And you just got some, it was just in a film festival, you won some awards, tell us about I it. I did, I, do you know, look in my foyer, oh. uh, <laughs> they, I, I, I wash them every day with my tongue. Um, Those are very shiny. Yeah. He does have two awards, so what did you win for? Uh, we won uh, Best Film, which was amazing, and Best Ensemble Cast, and I guess that was presented by Variety Magazine, although... <laughs> I don't know if Variety Magazine knows or cares that the name is on the title. <laughs> <laughs> they may or may not. But I will say, Ensemble, that's pretty... Yeah. That, yeah, that was the first award we get, and I was like really stoked about that, that one. Right. And I was not expecting uh, Best Film. Dude. I was kind of like blown away. I was, I was really hoping for uh, Best Lead Actress for um, Alison Flanagan, who plays the lead, because she was fucking great. I mean, everybody was yeah. great, she but was she great. really yeah, she brought, brought her... Yeah her A-game to that, and I just really wanted her to get, um, you know. So what would you say, so you're in a band, you're a singer-songwriter, you also write films, direct, uh-huh. actor, like what do you think is your... I'm also your a heart surgeon on the side. Heart surgeon? Yeah. Oh, thank wow, goodness. that's incredible. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the biggest thing that drives you of all those things? If you had to give everything up but one, what would it be? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, it, it probably would be like writing directing uh just because like it involves everything i love you know it, it, i get to deal with the music the acting the story you know at, at the core of what i think i definitely like i know i don't want to sound like pretentious or anything but like i don't want to be like i'm an artist you know like a lot of people say i'm a heart yeah surgeon. but i i feel like i'm just i'm a storyteller that's just that's who i am even with the music with the band you know they thank god they let me write the lyrics and so i get to like tell a story, you know, with my films, I get to tell a story, even when somebody, uh, a band comes to me with, for a music video, they don't, they're like, here's the song, this is what it's about, we don't care, it doesn't have to correlate, in fact, I kind of usually hate it when a music video is, matches exactly yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like what, come yeah, on, yeah. I mean, it, it, if it's, like, art, like, in my insomnia, it, it's similar, it's, it's kind of to the point, but it's, it has a strong, uh, it, it's more of like a collage of, like, ideas and thoughts, it's not like a so much of a straightforward story. It's a journey, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I, a lot of bands will come to me and they'll just like, I do whatever you want. And so I get to like write and create these little short short films, basically with their song as the soundtrack. Right. And that's awesome. Yeah, and they get paid for it, and it's awesome. <laughs> but after a while, you're like, it kind of uh, it, it gets you get to the point where you're like, well. Because especially when, you know, you, you do this kick-ass video and, you know, a lot of people, a lot of music directors might uh, attest to this, but it's not like I'm dying to get, like, everyone to, like, praise me or anything like that. But, like, when you put all this work, you write something, you put all this work into something, and it's awesome, the band loves it, the fans love it, and then they put it out, and then all the fans are like, oh, my God, what an amazing video. Good job, band. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> they, didn't, they just showed up and, you know, it's their music. They don't understand how, that it actually was made by somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, so, <laughs> and so it gets a little unfulfilling where it's like, I appreciate them liking the video. I know I did, but it's not like, you don't really get the credit that, you know, a lot of artists would yeah. love to have. And so, and I know it sounds like fucking vain, but it's true. It's like you put all your heart, blood, sweat, and tears, and you kind of want a little bit of like, hey man, good job, you know? No, validation. Like personally. Is, like, yeah, Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, it's just validation. It's, that's yeah. all it really is. It's yeah. not like me trying to be like, Ugh. I'm just... You're not sitting yeah. there going, where's the spotlight? Can you shine it on me? Exactly. Oh, no. And so it's just after a while, it's like, well, why don't, and you feel like a lot of times when you're doing that, you put so much your energy in and you're not really getting appreciated in, in the sense of like validation. So it's like, well, 
am I putting all my energy into that and not doing my my thing where it's like this is me with the our band it's cool because it is it's us you know but it is you know when they give the the validation it's it's for us and the video which I'm part of yeah uh, when it's another band I enjoy making the videos and I love helping bands create really rad videos and art and and to, to uplift their song even more but after a while it's like when am I gonna do my thing yeah. Right, and I don't want to get burnt out where I'm doing everyone else's thing, because that's what happens a lot in this town, especially with, with artists, is that you end up doing so many things for other people just to pay the bills that you don't even have the steam anymore to do the thing that you came out here to do for yourself. Right. You do know? you feel like you're finally doing more of things for yourself? I am because I'm forcing myself. It's a lot harder. Like there's a lot of nights of not sleeping. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, sacrifices you need to make. Like, I don't really, you know, like, you guys call me up for this thing, and I'm like, I jump on the opportunity, because I don't really socialize, especially now in the pandemic, but you just have to, like, I was up to, like, probably four or five in the morning last night working on this short film, you know, because I know, like, on Monday, I have to do this other web series job for a friend of mine that's giving me a paycheck, so, you know, it's <laughs> right, like, right. you have to kind of sacrifice, like, your weekends and your social life, but you have to do it. The, the, one of the things I, uh, I, a story that I read about, was somebody said, um, I forgot exactly what it was, but it was somebody that was just like, they, they wondered why Beyonce was like, so, you know, besides her just being an amazing performance uh, artist and singer yeah. and everything, they were like, well, how did she do it? I think they, it was something where they thought like, oh, she, she lucked out or something. And this guy said, uh, he, he's just like, that's she bullshit. She really hard. Yeah, that's yeah, she bullshit. actually works her ass off. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he, and he did this like um, analogy where he said, um, he said, somebody, somebody was like, I want to be like that. And then he, where they, he went to like a guru and they said, how, how do I do this? He's like, all right, well, I'll show you. Uh, meet me in, at five in the morning, uh, tomorrow morning at the beach, and I'll, and I'll show you how to be that successful. So he comes, shows up and he walks out to the ocean and he's like, come with me to the ocean. And he's like, what are we doing? He's like fully clothed. It goes out the ocean. They go to like waist deep and the guru just goes, cool, grabs the guy's head like holds him underwater like for a certain amount of time he's like struggling like oh comes up and he's like <gasps> just breathes and he's just like what the hell man like what are you doing and he's just like uh what, what, what were you doing when you were underwater he's just like what do you mean what was it doing he's like what were you thinking like what was in your head when you were struggling underwater he's like i just wanted to breathe i needed to live and he's like as soon as you treat your career and what you want to do like that you're never going to be successful so it's like oh, yeah, it has to be, yeah, like it has to be, it has to be like you, you have to do it like it's fucking air, like you have to breathe it. Wow. Like, until you're gonna do that and make that sacrifice and do that work, you can't complain. And all those people that are successful, some people aren't. I mean, some people get you know, uh, uh, what is that? Uh, uh, um, you know, it's family. Like, uh, uh, I forgot the word in my head. It's the voice in your head again. The answer is nepotism. Um, but like, you know, they get looked out because like a family, like their father's Tom Hanks or whatever the fuck. Yeah, right. But most of the time, they still have they're really, good. they're really good. Yeah, yeah, they're really actually talented still, you know? Yeah. Like they the still, they still have to have some, t- right, exactly. Yeah, but I mean, but the, they had a, an easier chance yeah, yeah. to break in, sure. but then they had to prove it, you know? Right. Um, right. You gotta Sometimes have skills. Sometimes that might be yeah, totally. harder that you yeah. really have to prove yourself. Yeah. Yeah, well, and some of them might have gotten in and they're like, hey, we'll let you get in this movie and they weren't good and then they were like, if you don't get good, yeah, that's it. you know. And they actually worked at it and got better. I can't remember his name. Ice Cube's son. 
Yeah. When he got the he part great. for Straight Outta Compton, he's like, no, no. You gotta fucking, like, make this yours and show people that this is your part to play. Like, yeah. It wasn't just like, here you go, son. There you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I've heard a lot of stories about that, too, where it's like yeah. an, an actor or a director or something are like, just because you got my name doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta prove yourself, you know. Yeah. And some, and some kids don't even want them to know. Like, uh, yeah. David Bowie's son, amazing director, he did Moon. Nobody even knew that was David Bowie's son. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. yeah, that is. And he that fucking that was his first film. It was amazing. With, uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell was like unreal. Yeah, I don't even know if I knew that actually. Shit. Yeah, he's, he's really good. He did another movie with like Jake Gyllenhaal called uh, Timeline or something. Like it was like a weird time loop kind of thing. Mm. But he was like he's really talented sci-fi kind of director. I think he did Warcraft too. That was like his big oh. box office thing. But I guess it kind of bombed. <laughs> But he's have, a good director. Have you ever yeah. been tempted to take a nine to five job and give up on your dreams? Uh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> well, <laughs> and everybody right. makes everybody keeps trying to make, make me think about that, <laughs> and it's really frustrating. With what you were just saying, I was just about to bring that up. So that's funny that you, because yeah. I was gonna say you could have just said fuck it, give me the nine to five. Oh, I'd be making a lot of money too. Make. Make an easy, not easy, but, you know, make like, you don't have to worry about shit. You yeah. just work your eight hours, you come home, and then you survive. Yeah. And that's it. The weird thing about that is like, so I could be, you know, one, one of the compliments I get a lot from people, you know, it's not just like the writing or whatever. It's like, they just really like the editing. So it's like, I get a lot of edit work and I would love to not have to do editing anymore. <laughs> I would love to write and direct and like sit in with an editor, like a qualified editor and just like kind of you know, maestro it a little bit, but I don't really want to be there working all night editing something like I did with my feature film, which like practically killed me. Yeah. Um, but I know that if I got a job as an editor, because I know these editors and uh, they make a lot of money, yeah. I could be making a lot of money. But you know what? When I make my little short film and I ask them to help me and I go in there, they're so excited. They're more excited than all the bullshit that they're working on because they see me as this like filmmaker because they were a filmmaker yeah. And, and it's almost like they, they, it's like they're kind of like cheering me on. Like, you know, I gave up. Yeah. I got Put, the nine to five. You're, you're doing it, man. Keep going. Do, don't, do, right, don't give exactly. up. You know, because it is one of those things where it's like, if, if you do hit, you make a lot of money as an editor, but you know, there's kind of like a plateau, you know, you get like maybe a little raise and it's like, you know, you get a certain amount of money, you make good money. But like, if you hit it big as like a writer director, it's fucking yeah. It's a lot of money. <laughs> it's, doing it's a doing lot what your money. true passion is, and yeah. being able to that be, that being be able the, to make a lot of money. And I don't even and, yeah. Is, and I don't even want. I don't honestly. I've gotten to the place now where it's like yeah. Everybody wants money, right? Like it's it's for me. Money is not like I'm trying to show off and I want these things. I don't really care about things unless they're gonna do something for me. Like I like cameras because it helps me tell a story. Yeah. Like if it's not gonna give back to me, I don't give a really sh- shit about it. Right. Um, I'm not a materialistic person, but I do like to live comfortably, and I want to. I guess I want to get to the point where I don't have to really worry so much about money and struggle because I've been poor and I've been, you know, stealing napkins from fucking Subway sandwich because I got <laughs> toilet paper. You know, I, I've been yeah. there. Yeah. Shit, I'm still kind of there now, but yeah. uh, you know, I just want to get to the point where it's like I, I, I just I'm doing what I love and I'm making enough money to pay the bills and I can get health insurance and I can like go on vacations and like you know. I don't need to be this huge rich person. I just want to be respected and people will go like, I like that guy's work. And and to be able to like have a life and not struggle so much. That's all I really care about. Yeah. You know? I think like uh, Watts, he did, I don't know if the, the famous professor, 
Alan Watts, whatever, the, mm-hmm. the guy, he did this whole thing where he's just like, uh, this is another one you might like, like I always think about, is that he, uh, he had like, he had the speech where he said a student came up to me after they're about to graduate and said, what should I, what should I do? Like, you tell me, you're the, you're, you're such this, you're a smart guy, tell me what I should do. And he's just like, well, what do you like to do? And they're like, no, 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 I, I don't, I don't, nobody cares about what I like. Just tell me what I should do to make money and be successful. And he's like, I need to know what, what is it, if you, if money wasn't an object, what would you be doing? He's like, well, I would be doing, playing with horses or, or raising horses or whatever. Like, and he's just like, yeah, do that. And, and they're like, no, that's not going to make you money. He's like, if you work hard at it and you get so good at it, you're going to become a master of it. And then people will want your service. He's like, because everything, everybody is interested in something. So if you get so good at something and you become a master of that thing, the money will follow. So just focus on what makes you happy and you will the money will come if you pursue that thing. If you don't, you're going to be keep doing this loop of like yeah. you know working this job that you hate to come home to dream about that thing that you want to do just go back to that job and it's just like and then you teach your kids that and then it just everyone's just working like fucking robots not doing what they love, you know? And some people they like that. Some people are like I just want a job to make money. I care about my life with my family life. They don't care about like anything you know that they're trying to pursue uh, as a career. They're like, I just want a paycheck. What they care about is like their kids, their family, stability. And, yeah, they, yeah, that's what they. That's their dream. Yeah. you know. And other people have a dream of like a profession that they want to do. And I yeah. think if that give a dream of a profession, you should fucking pursue that and not listen to anyone. Right. And just do it. Like I said, like you can't fucking breathe without doing it. That you right. have to get to that point. Otherwise, you probably didn't want it that much in the first place. That's what I've learned. Right. I had to look in the mirror a couple times ago. Do you really want to do this? Because you're not acting like it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Speaking of that, what would you tell your 20, like 20 years ago before coming to LA? Like, what would you tell yourself or what, or what, you know what I mean? Like, is there something you would do, you would have done different or any like advice that you could have told yourself 20 years ago before you came to LA? I probably would have, I would have written more. Yeah, I would have listened. It's funny because I got a lot of really good advice, and I didn't listen to it. And I probably would have listened to it. Right. Like I remember, I remember specifically, I went out one night because uh, when you come out here, especially when you're young and you're pursuing this, it's it's a very glamorous city. Sure. Or at least it was. <laughs> <laughs> now it's fucking uh, garbage, garbage fire. Uh, but well, especially yeah. if you're coming from Lompoc to fucking Los Angeles, <laughs> yeah. that's like. Holy but you shit. know, most people, it's like you know, you got the clubs and the Hollywood life and the hot, hot girls and guys and and drugs and oh, yeah. you know what I mean. And everybody gets caught up in that, and that's why it's you sad because you see a lot of these like not everyone, but there are a lot of people that are like strung out in drugs and homeless and they all came out here with that dream and they got caught up in that lifestyle and it just took, it just consumed them. And yeah. Because I think they were coming out here more for the attention and the fame part of it than it was the craft. Sure. You know? And I, that's something I had to remind myself to like, are you here for attention? Right. Or are you here because you love telling stories? Right. And I was like, I love telling stories. Well then fucking... Well, Stop fucking going to bars that. and going to clubs and doing this bullshit, you know? Yeah. And and there was this guy that I, I remember I went out with my buddy, and he was like this kind of a, a decent actor at the time. And I was like all excited, you know, as I was trying to be an actor, and this guy was like on a TV show, and he was like kind of a name, and we hung out with him, and it was like this feeling of like, oh, if I hang out with this guy, then he'll, he can become friends, and he'll get, you know, it's all this bullshit, like networking so thing. Yeah, yeah, that's so LA. It's so dumb, yeah. <laughs> and he was a really nice guy, and I never saw him again, but... 
I remember that night we, were, we went out to this like club and we were drinking, you know, and I and I, I asked him, I was like, can you give me any advice, like how to break into this business or like what should I do? And he goes, well, I'll give you the first thing you should do. And I was like, yeah, please tell me. And he goes, don't do this. <laughs> wow. And I was like, what do you mean? This. And he's like pointing around the room in the club <laughs> and he's just like, he's like, I don't ever do this. I'm doing this because I'm just taking a night off, hanging out with my friend I hadn't seen in a while. But he's like, I don't go to clubs. I don't go to bars. Wow. I fucking work. Yeah. And he's like, until you're going to get rid of this bullshit idea in your head of what Hollywood is like, you're not going to be successful. Right. Unless you're like Paris Hilton where you already have, like that, you're making a name for yourself as like the party <laughs> person. Sure. On TMZ or whatever. It's like, if you're trying to be a real actor, don't go to bars. Don't be drinking. Don't be dumb. Like, <laughs> go to bed, wake up, work, you know? Yeah. I guess the pandemic helped a little with that. Yeah, well, honestly, just getting older. <laughs> like, <laughs> just getting older, you start, like, getting tired of that stuff. Yeah. And it, I think, and that's probably what I would tell, I don't think I would listen to myself, though. Like, if I went back and said, dude, don't go to bars, don't try to hook up with girls, or do this, like, try to be this, you know, this Leonardo DiCaprio this character. image bullshit, this image whatever. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, work on what it is that you want to do, write, and try to, you know, like, actually pursue that stuff. I still think I wouldn't have listened. I'd be like, you know what? I'm 20. I want to have fun. Fuck it. I, I'm, you know. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I would have listened to myself. Yeah. I really don't. No, I. It, that's why I asked. It, it's a. It's an interesting question. I think you kind of need to get it out of you. Yeah. You know, some people that never gets out of them, but yeah. some good stories come out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But some people need to just kind of be stupid and young and wild, and then they're like, okay, I did it, and that's kind of like me. It's like, eh, I did it. I don't need to do that again. I like to have fun and yeah. hang out with friends and drink a little bit and, you know, that stuff, but it's more casual. It's not like in my 20s where I was just constantly just in need of some distraction or, you know, yeah, some kind of drug, whether it was like sex or, 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 or alcohol or, or, or just attention or just like the FOMO, you know, like I didn't want to miss out on something. It was <laughs> right. just so stupid. I know. Well, that's like Fat Mike from No Effects. He's he's been a businessman most of his life because he owns Fat Records. Yeah. And he said in this interview, he's like, "Look, just fucking go do your shit, and then do drugs when you're in your mid <laughs> to late 30s. Yeah, did he? Did he, did he, did he, did he did, which is like also dumb, but, but he, you know, but he did it like later in his life, right? No, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he. I, that's why I said like he's been a businessman and a band dude like most like his whole life. But he didn't fuck around until later in yeah. his life. <laughs> it makes me think of like the grandpa in uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Right. Where he's like giving all this like knowledge and, 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 the, yeah. and, the, and the grandson's like, what are you talking about, grandpa? Like, you're, you, you just started doing heroin. He's just like, I'm old. I just want I'm dying anyway. I just wanted to know what it felt like. So he just started doing heroin at like 90 or some shit. <laughs> Was that, what's his name? Uh, Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Which yeah. I met. You I, met did him? I tell you I met him? No. That's yeah, they cool. were filming at that bar I worked at, and I was walking by. They had because they were filming out there all the time, like different sh- TV shows and movies. Yeah. And I'm walking because we had we stored all like the kegs across the way, and in the middle of the parking lot they're having this shoot, and I was just like, I wonder if anybody is like famous in this shoot, whatever it is, if it's a movie or a TV show, whatever. But, uh, and I'm walking back with a keg, uh, and fucking standing right in front of me is Alan Arkin, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like. Mr. Arkin, he's just like, yeah. And I was just like, I am such a huge fan. I shook his hand. He was like really cool, really Holy nice. Shit, that's and awesome. I was like, I went to have him. I'm like, I just fucking met him. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. That's rad. Actually, I met a lot of really, a lot of celebrities working at that bar, and most of them were pretty freaking cool. 
like really down to earth most yeah. of the people I met which is was kind of nice to because you always think was that villains? Yeah. Because yeah. you, you just never know. That like, you hear all these stories and you're just like, what if like somebody's just a total prick? And I didn't meet anybody like that huge, you know. Like Alan is huge, but you know, I didn't meet like Leonardo DiCaprio or something. Right, right, right. But you know, a lot of the people that are working actors, the ton of stuff, and they're all really nice and it just kinda gives you like, Oh, thank God, like if I want to be a director and I wanna Yeah. You're always terrified too. It's like if I get to the level where I get enough money, then I have to have a star you know how terrifying is that going to be if the star is just like god awful to work with and just and I'm just like new director it's like oh god I work with this stupid new guy you know it's terrifying <laughs> yeah I get that because you're just like you want to tell a story and you really want a really good actor in it that and they they do this job well obviously but you don't want to like look like a jackass yeah or like piss them off with like I never want to work with this director again or tells the whole town and the next thing you know it's like you're not really working that much because you know what I mean? Because of that one person. It's yeah. scary. So, be, doing all this creative stuff can be really, um, like, take an emotional toll. Do you have any kind of, what do you do to keep your sanity or any, like, wellness things that you, like, what keeps you sane? <sighs> Man. It's weird. Like, in a weird way, like, just kind of just creating in general is what actually, I think, keeps me sane. <laughs> it's like therapy for me. It really oh, yeah. is. Like, if I don't have it, I go kind of crazy. That's why I did this year, which is not working you know, besides all whatever other life personal stuff, just not being able to work has like kind of made me go a little crazy. Like I said before, it's like you get wrapped up in doing all these other projects just to pay the bills that you don't have time to do your personal stuff. And so I was like, well, dude, take this opportunity, like work on your personal stuff now. Yeah. You know? And so that's what I I think has helped me kind of stay sane is like, I'm, I'm looking at it as a positive and going, dude, you have all the, you have to the end of the year to finish the script finish this thing you wanted to do, this other thing you wanted to do, and, you know, and then just keep on the side trying to look for, you know, side gigs to make a little extra money besides the, you know, EDD that you're getting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I think a lot of people aren't taking that opportunity. Some are, but I think some aren't because of how heavy yeah. it's been. It's it's hard to have motivation when the world is, like, stuck in quicksand, it feels like. Right. You know, it's, it's a very heavy time. And you just... You gotta dig into your craft. Yeah. Like and you, feel, you kind of feel the energy. You feel the world not moving. Yeah, right. And, and it makes you not want to move either. Because you feel like almost like you're selfish if you do. You know? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Like other yeah, people are suffering. So why are you pretending like... Right. Why are you pursuing your dreams anymore? Everyone's in, in, in a nightmare right now. You should right. be enjoying in the, with them in this nightmare. Right. It's like, I don't want to though. Why do I want to make things worse? You know? Yeah. So now you're working on a, you said a short? Uh, well, I have, so I have a, a, a full-length script that I'm almost finished with, um, and I did a proof of concept, I just shot a proof of concept for it, which is basically like the opening of the film, and then I'm also working on a, um, an animated short film. And what about um, your movie Party With Me? When can people see that? <laughs> Man, you tell me. <laughs> I'm trying to, so I'm talking right now with like certain distributors and people that are trying to help, but it's... It's hard. Like, it, it really is a beast. Uh, making a movie is a beast. Getting in festivals is so hard. <laughs> There's a lot of politics. There's a lot of just, like, the right timing. Like, you, they could really love your film, but another film's kind of like it, and they like that film more, or that filmmaker was has a connection, and so they pick that one over your... So it's like, you just never know. Yeah. So it, it, it's really kind of frustrating, and you kind of... There's a lot of times that you feel... 
I wouldn't say defeated, but you feel kind of like there's just, you just got to do it on your own. Like, I made the movie based off of that South by Southwest uh, keynote that um, Duplass, Mark Duplass said, and one of the, the whole thing was the Calvary isn't coming. So don't wait around for yeah. people to give you money. Right. Yeah, it's amazing. I love. I tell everybody to watch it. It's so good. Um, you gotta do it yourself. Yeah, you I think that speech alone. It, you or yeah, that speech no. alone that he did, I think, has produced so many movies. My movie kind of maybe if it was like the year before or afterwards, somebody would have been felt more connected to the film and would have got in. Like yeah. you just never know. It's kind of like just you can't. There, there's no expectations. There's not. It's all just so random that you that you kind of have to just keep moving and keep creating and just not letting it get to you. And so that's why I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this film. I'm going to pursue this other thing. And in the meantime, I'm putting the movie out and sending it to people and saying, hey, let's try to get distribution. And I'm not like somebody, I, I just got like two emails the other week from distributors. They're like, hey, I think we're going to pass on this. And I can't. I hate even, that term. Pass. It's the word. Yeah. Pass on this. Yeah. yeah. So we're and I don't even know if they watched it. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know if they right. actually watched it. Right. Yeah. So well, if they didn't, they're fucking missing out because Julie, it is a great movie. We've Julie seen and it, I are in it. Man, thank you. It really is fantastic. Yeah, yeah I'm, it made I'm, me really proud of you. It's terrifying. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, it's very terrifying too because I was just like, you, you, you trying to make this thing, and then the whole time like you're just like, oh my god, it's, it's, people are gonna hate this. Like it sucks, you know. Yeah. And thank God I listened to all these like podcasts and interviews, and they all say the same thing. Every director is like, I hated my movie. It, it, in fact. I think even like Jay Duplass said, if you don't hate your movie at the end of it, you're about to show to people are terrified that everyone's gonna hate it. Like something's wrong. Like you should <laughs> oh be God, so terrified good. because if you think about it, this is like art, man. Like this is yeah. you're putting your heart out there, and you sh- if you're not terrified, you got a fucking ego on you, man. Yeah. Like everybody should be scared. Right. You should be like, I don't know if people are gonna want to hear my voice or this, you know. And it's not even like this is not all encompassing me. It's just one little story. It's one part of my voice. Yeah, right. And what if they don't like that? They might think, oh, the next thing's going to suck. But the next thing I'm going to make might be like, shit, the movie I'm making now is completely different. Yeah. People are going to look, if I make this movie, they're going to be like, I can't believe that was the same director, probably. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right, right. Because it's not the same story. It's yeah. not the same vibe. It's, it's completely different. I think for me, it's just like I'm trying to get my voice out to just show like I can tell stories in different ways. And I hope, I feel like I'm more of like a diverse director. I'm not like a Wes Anderson where I'm just, all my movies kind of have a, a certain aesthetic, I think. I would love to make a film that's like a Wes Anderson movie. I would love to make a movie yeah. that's like a fucking Scorsese, you know? And who is your hero as far as a director, writer? Uh, I mean, I I love so many directors. Like, it's like, you know, the same ones that everybody loves. Like, you know, Kubrick, Spielberg. Um, but I'd probably say Tarantino I love. Um... But I would say, in a weird way, probably some of the directors that aren't my favorite are the ones that I feel like I'm probably closer to being like. I don't know, like Soderbergh or, you know, pe- people that are kind of like um, chameleons. Like, they, mm. you, you see one movie and you didn't, and you see another one, you're like, that was the same director? Right. You know, they can kind of do anything. Right. That's kind of what I like to do. Like, I never want to make the same movie. Same style of sequence. No. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Get like, it. I, like, I love Wes Anderson. He has a unique style. I love all his, his films, but I don't know how he does it. I feel like if I made, you know, that movie, the next movie, I would have some of those aesthetics, but I would not want to... I'd want to shoot it all, like, on an iPhone, you know, with my hand instead of, like, yeah. all these perfectly 
you know, he, he makes all his movies like plays. Right. Because he was like a, you know, a playwright, you know, as a kid. So I, that's just his aesthetic. I don't know if he's being told to keep doing that because it works. And I've heard that in the industry where it's like once you get like a vibe that people like, you kind of need to stick with it. And they, they try to get you not to try new things. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Or maybe he just likes doing that. I mean, he's good at what he does, right? Oh, it's but, great. But, I mean, but I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, nobody else does it like him. And I even have, like, I think for me, there's there's a lot of different directors that have maybe done, like, a shot or some kind of style that I feel feels right in the moment in the film, but I don't want the whole film to look like that. I want it to be like, this shot needs to look like a Wes Anderson shot. Right. This shot needs to look like something Cooper would do. Right. Because that's what I just take influences from all my favorite directors. But I don't want to... I don't know if I have like a distinct style, and maybe that's a problem. Maybe I need you know a lot of people in this industry like you need to figure that out. I'm like, yeah. oh fucking no, <laughs> I like to do, I like to just do what I'm into at the time. Yeah, whatever like, you're feeling, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like so. Part of me, I, that was in like the vibe of doing like a kind of indie comedy, you know, uh, just go for it, kind of fun thing with my friends and not no rules. And in this one, I'm writing like a super like lighting has to be a certain way. You know, there's action. A little and more you, specific like, and, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, it's just different. You know? yeah. And also I have, hopefully I have more resources for the new film. You know, with, with part of me, if I had all these resources, I would shot it differently. I probably would have had a fucking lead actor in it. We would shot on anamorphic lenses. We would have, like, a month to shoot it instead of eight days. Yeah. You know, it would have been a, maybe a whole different type of movie. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you were a bartender. Favorite cocktail? Ooh, favorite cocktail? Um, fuck. I mean, old fashioned, man. Yeah. What is your whiskey, baby? What is your least favorite ingredient of an old fashioned? Oh, the missionary cherries. <laughs> like a like a that's a that's a new old fashioned. I was I gonna say that's new old fashioned. It's a more yeah yeah. But you know I'm the real. Worst? I love the. Um... The fake cherries. I grew that's up the one. Oh, is that the, the bright red? Yeah, that's Mary Cherry. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah the Luxardo cherries are bomb. Yeah, those, those are great. Are great. Yeah. No, like, she those, she yeah. loves the old school my fake dad could ass. Buy them for his drinks that <laughs> he would give them to me, and I eat so them. Gross. Those were like the old like cherries on a Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, like banana like, splits or whatever yeah. they give you. These. I can't even eat. Did you ever have uh like it was like your like your grandma's chocolate candy where it was the chocolate covered ones that oh god so gross so gross I love cherries like real pitted like the red cherries yeah and I love um like like which are basically the Luxardo cherries yeah exactly but like all the fake it's like it was like bathed in like fucking chemicals it's so gross they're delicious. She, you like them? She, oh, she loves yeah, them. Love yeah. And I, I'm like you, dude. I love I love the actual real yeah. cherry. I don't it's like nostalgic. the... nostalgic. I mean, I, I'm not saying... I get I, the nostalgic. Uh, I wouldn't say I would eat them. It, but. Like, I've had times where it's kind of a drink and I, I still eat it, but yeah. it's not like... Yeah. It's kind of like whatever. Yeah. So, whatever. Well, thank you for being on the program. Our first guest, thank everybody. You. Woo! Hey, let me tell you something, people. You pursue those dreams! <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To podcast. Don't miss an episode by clicking subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the show with your friends. And if you dug what you heard, please leave a great review. This helps us live our dharma. And we hope we can help you live yours too. Cuz you have to.